We've been friends for almost 25 years, but we never run out of things to talk about. Join us here every week on Coffee Confessions with the Mommy Dash as we chat about real life with no filters. We don't believe in perfection. Kids, work, husbands, laundry. We are ready to talk about it all. It's messy, it's loud, it's motherhood. Let's confess. Hey, Jack. Hey, Alicia. We, we have a little bit of a, something different going on this week. We do. We do. We're, we're recording at night, which I, I will admit, it, it feels a little weird. It does. It's like what we used to do, though. Closet confessions. So coffee confessions many, many years ago, I'm going to say six, seven years ago, was closet confessions. And we would literally sit in Alicia's closet because we didn't have a way of, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have this magic. It was like the dark ages. So we would sit in Alicia's closet and drink wine and and just chat <laughs> and record ourselves at the same time. And we my mind how far we've come. And we like knew how ridiculous we were, but we did it anyway. And look, here we are. Okay. So people it was fun. Um, but you know, it's coffee confessions. We are we could have had coffee, but I have opted for a little, a little um something more exciting and something more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I need some coping skills because tonight we are talking about college. Mm. And so yes. coffee will just make me all jittery and crazy. I need like a, a little bit of a, a calmer. So I do have a nice glass of wine in my cup instead of a coffee, um, because this is a topic mm. that can make you a little crazy. Oh, I hear it. I hear it. I, of course, I don't have college age kids, but it's not something we don't think about. Right. Even like from when they're born, you're like, oh, gosh, I would pay for college and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But it seems like a daunting task. So many of my friends, children are your daughter's age. So I feel like I'm right there with you, obviously not feeling it like you do. But it is I, I cannot believe every element that goes into applying to colleges now. It's It's crazy. I um, dare to say you are feeling it because I talk about it incessantly. So I think well, you are living vicariously. And I don't talk about it like, oh, my you know, daughter's going to Harvard. I'm talking about it like it, it's every little aspect is is stressful. So it was making Alicia and I thought think uh, just I'll say very personally, me picking a college was like easy peasy. It happened in five minutes. And I was and I'm kind of like that. I make decisions pretty quickly and and. Usually I'm happy with them, but my senior year, wasn't even junior year, senior year, I started like looking through. And do you remember at school, we had the college and career room. I mean, there was no internet. So you would actually get like the Barron's book, which my parents were not buying me. I had to go to the library and get it, get the Barron's book. I would like write stuff down. I would go to the college and career room, look at the pamphlets. I decided to apply to three colleges, I applied to SUNY Albany, SUNY Cortland, and SUNY Stony Brook. Um, and it was kind of a rule. I, I come from, I'm the oldest of four. My parents said, you can go to a SUNY or you can go to community college and then transfer to a private college. Like that was our choice. And I chose to do the SUNY route. We went to one of those schools. We visited SUNY Albany in November. I got accepted. I remember it was New Year's Eve. I got my acceptance in the mail. That was it. I was going to Albany. Like I never even went to the other schools. I chose it because it was close. 
It's only an hour and a half from us. And yada, yada, yada. That I, I was the happiest person in the world at SUNY Albany. So honestly, um, it, it I cannot sympathize with the crazy college process of now because it seemed so easy in 1995, right? So easy and, and, and sort of fun. I I had a different experience, but very easy. My mom came home with the big book. I, I don't think it was, I maybe it was the Baron's book, didn't, but the big book. And we like sat on my bed and looked through all the, all of the schools I might want to go to. And she didn't really put limits on me and didn't, I, I wish someone would have said, go further, get out of New York or go, go further than the Northeast. I didn't really do that, but you know, and then we would go visit. And I remember my, my parents and I would, I would sit in the back of the car and we'd drive to all these schools and look at them and, and really decide, you know, where we're going to go. And then they would talk to financial aid or talk to, but you would go in these offices and talk to people. And then you would like kind of wrap it up and you would put your little check with your application and you'd yes. send it. And that like, that was, that was it. I didn't even get confirmation that they, they got it. Right. So yeah. And I actually ended up choosing a college in in um, Boston, similar to Jen's story in a way that I was going to elementary school and I went through my field study. It was a great school for that. And my first grade class I walked into, I literally said, there's no way ever that I will ever do this in my life. And I knew. And unfortunately, they didn't have secondary ed. So I, I transferred and and someone recommended that I go to Ithaca and it was someone that I highly, highly um, you know, adored and, and just took his advice and um, and I went to Ithaca. And, and that was that. <laughs> and, and that was that. I mean, it was, so, it was like, boop, boop, boop. Yep. Love it. Bye. <laughs> and it's so funny because I always forget that about us. I was going for secondary ed to be a foreign language teacher. Yes. yes. And she was going for elementary and we both switched. <laughs> And we both couldn't go to our co our colleges. Each didn't have the other major. So eventually I had to transfer yeah. out of Albany. And that's a whole other story for another day. But it, it, is. it is. So if you've been following the Mommy Dash since we began back in 2012, um, my daughter, Bella, when we first started, was just finishing up her first year of kindergarten. I remember how I cried ride. Kindergarten was over. She was going to be a big kid in first grade. And here we are 12 years later. And I'm really crying because she's about to graduate high school. She's a senior. We've gone through the whole college process together. She has yet to pick a college. And I'm going to be very honest. I would take toddler tantrums and sleepless nights and potty training any day over the college planning process because I tried to do it alone thinking, oh, I went to college. I know plenty of people who have gone to college. This will be easy. And let me tell you, it is not easy. So I am here to firsthand recommend that you work with a college planner. We are so excited to have College Planning 101 as a sponsor of our podcast. And in fact, today you will hear an amazing interview with her. Stephanie is just so knowledgeable when it comes to evaluating what your plans are going to be, what your career might be, figuring out what the right path once you get to college is, how you can best, you know, chance your way of getting into the college that you want to. What are the test scores you need? What are the scholarships you might get? What kind of merit might you receive? What kind of financial aid might you receive? And what kind of help do you need with the entire financial aid process? Because let me tell you, that's a whole headache in itself. There is just so much to know, way more than I 
ever realized. And I'm going to be honest, it's never too early to start. You can start as a junior, as a sophomore, definitely don't start as a senior, although you can, but we really didn't start the whole process till senior year. And I feel like now we're in a bit of a rush. So take it from me, give Stephanie at College Planning 101 a call and just let somebody else handle the stress because these are major life decisions and tensions and emotions tend to ride a little high when we're making those big decisions. So you can check out Stephanie at collegeplanning101.org. You can email her at stephanie at collegeplanning101.org or give her a call at 914-406-0055. Or you could just Tell us you want to talk to her and we will pass your name along also. But we cannot say enough good things and we hope you enjoy this episode where you get to learn all about what she does. Hey, everybody. We're back. Um, and Alicia and I are so excited to have a special guest with us tonight. Um, we have Stephanie Morrow, the... Um, owner, would that be the appropriate word? <laughs> Head honcho at College Planning 101, um, which is located locally here in the Hudson Valley. But well, we'll talk all about what she does. I'm sure she will work with, with you wherever you are. But we're, we are lucky to have her right here um, in our community. And we were just chatting before we hit record that, you know, she does a lot of in-person chats. I've gone to a couple of them at, um, at our high school and she does them in Alicia's district as well. And it's just such a good way to get your feet wet, like as a sophomore, junior, even a freshman parent. Because um, I think we'll talk about that tonight. It's never too early to start talking about the college process or learning about it. Um, because there is a, someone who's in like, I'm almost at the end. I feel like it's senior year. It's it's March tomorrow. We're we're getting to the end of the process for the first time, but it's, it's a doozy. So it is something you should not do alone. Um, and if you have someone like Stephanie in your corner, it's going to make it a lot easier. So Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, do you want to start telling us just a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got involved with um, what you do so well? Sure. So I started College Planning 101 14 years ago. And you know that saying, one door closes, another opens? Well, I was in the finance and insurance industry and I was securities licensed and life and health licensed. And I was working in the city and I was working from home. It was like kind of hybrid, early on hybrid stuff like that. And they reorganized the division and I got excess from my position and I went home and I'm like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? And I actually went, my girlfriend was doing Mary Kay. And she's like, just do Mary Kay with me. And I'm like, all right, I'll do Mary Kay with you. <laughs> Support my girlfriend, right? And I went to, we had a party. One of my other girlfriends had a party. We did the makeup and I met this woman, Kathy, and she said, oh my God, you'd be great at college planning. And I'm like, what is that? Never heard of it. And so I shadowed her for nine months and then she went her way and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was sitting at a local lake with my son and just before he was going to start kindergarten and I'm like, college planning 101, the first class you take before going to college. And in November of 09, I launched, I sent an email out to everyone I knew saying what I was doing. Early 2010, I did my very first presentation with the paper in my hand, shaking like a leaf, like, oh my God, am I going to really do this? And I just have not looked back. It has been a wonderful journey. 
And my finance, you know, area of expertise um, really played in well. And I don't mind standing in front of 50, 100 people talking because I'm a Leo and I love being the center of attention. And um, and of course, sharing, you know, all the knowledge that I've accumulated over these 14 years has been my gift to my community. Um, you know, I'm nationwide now. I have clients in Arizona, Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, South Carolina, um, Texas and Alabama. And of course, here in the Hudson Valley, where 90% of my business is. That's amazing. Wow. You probably get to talk about, you know, so we have a lot of colleges here, but it's probably way more exciting to talk, you know, nationwide and kind of see all the different choices that are out there. It is. And, and you know, even for my new, like Northeast students, my software and what we do, we, we have access to all colleges across the nation. So, you know, I'll have some New York students who, yeah, want to stay in the Northeast, but want to consider Texas. Or so, you know, so we can design that list in, in any way or fashion that they want. It's not where I'm located. It's my software has that ability to see everything. Interesting. So you have all the software, you kind of tell us how it all works and how you really help parents and their, and their students, I should say, but I really kind of feel like you're helping the parents out just from what I hear. Um, okay. No, how does it work? How does working with you? What is that even like? So I have no idea. <laughs> what grade is your student in? They're 13 and 12. So we got okay. time. We got time. So, <laughs> so what we do first, even if my student knows what they want to do, or if they don't, we always start with a career assessment. My students work with an academic advisor and that career assessment program is broken out into five sections, work, values, skills, personality, and leisure. And so because my academic advisor is not going to have a big rapport with that student early on, that career assessment not only helps the student solidify what they're thinking or plant seeds, but also gives my academic advisor insight as to are they conventional or artistic and all the things that, you know, those, uh, what is it called again? I forget the uh, name, but ours is called Focus 2. And it, it does have that assessment where it gives you whether you're um, conservative and or artistic and um, realistic. So, and it really breaks it down for the student and the academic advisor goes through the results with the student. So it's not just take the test and figure it out. We really hold our family's hands and, and starts with the student, but then simultaneously we're working with the parents on their finances. You know, what are you expected to pay for college? We're going to calculate that for you. And we're going to help you understand how the colleges or which colleges may give you need, or sorry, you're not a need-based family, we'll call you a merit-only family. And then after we have that career assessment and the financials, now we can develop a college list, that customized college list. We take our students through a thorough thought process, even the parents, parents have to be in on that meeting. And we wanna get the parents' input and of course the students' input and then help them think through what does it mean to be on a large campus? or a small campus? What are the differences? Do you wanna be in the warm areas or you do you mind, you know, well, Oswego's not getting any snow this year, but you know, <laughs> upstate where you might get four or five feet of snow every month. And so we really wanna help them think through it. And then it's all in, integrated into our software and our software is amazing because everything's in one place, everything. All okay. your research, all the data that's really needed 
to understand whether or not this college is good. GPA, SAT scores, retention, four-year graduation rates, and their website is there, and the majors and all that. So we want to make that piece easy because I think that's a big stumbling block. Where do I begin? You know, I don't know what I want to do. Well, where do you begin is with a career assessment. Like that's first. And then I don't know what colleges I want. Well, let's have a conversation. And when we are building this list for them and then putting it into our system, now they have a short list that they know is potentially or definitely affordable, an academic fit, and now they're motivated to get the right SAT scores to be competitive. Every college admits by GPA, the SATs are going to help them be competitive and get them additional merit money. And then we do all the financial aid forms for our families. We review, uh, we help with the Common App. We have an essay service and we also negotiate for our, well, we can't negotiate on their behalf, but we help our families negotiate for more money in the appeals process. So we are full service, soup to nuts. You can buy pieces of it if you want, or you can go for the whole shebang. So, so I'm going to say, I, I, I'm doing the whole thing wrong. And now I feel like it's too late. Doesn't matter. That's everything you just said. I, I basically did. It, it was like, we just did the opposite of all that. Like, we, oh. you know, what school we just applied. We, I say, and this is the thing I say, we, like I applied to schools. My daughter applied to schools. She really doesn't know what she wants to do, which is fine. I keep saying that's fine. Absolutely. You know, it's, but it's that stressing her out. Now she has all these acceptances. What can you afford? What can't you afford? And now I feel like I'm the bad guy saying, well, we really can't afford that school yet. You know, it's, so your process is way better. So right now I'm going to tell you guys, don't, don't do it my way. Cause it is, I feel like we, we did all the things. It's like, we checked everything off the list, but maybe not in the best order. Like, I feel like now we're, um, we're at a place where, you know, it's, we don't know where, where to go next. So what, Besides, you know, if you were picking, doing the career assessment, which I love that idea first, what age do you start doing these things? Is it junior year? So we, we can start anytime, you know, after 10th grade. So what I really, really like what to when I like to start is the end of sophomore year. The student's a little me more mentally ready, but I have ninth graders and I have early 10th graders. I mean, I cannot believe how many ninth and 10th graders I have right now. Parents are starting this process early. And if I am working with a ninth grader or an early 10th grader, that career assessment gets done again. We want to just get the pulse of where that student is. The career, I mean, the college list, we can erase it and start all over again. It's a very fluid system. I never want my students to feel that they have to make a decision. I say, we're not making decisions. We're gathering information and information is power. And the more information you have, the better decisions you're going to make. And to your comment, Jen, we don't allow unaffordable colleges on the list because we don't want to, you know, have to say, oh, sorry, now we know we can't afford that. So, yeah. you know, there, but there are ways, and, and I'm happy to have a private meeting with you to go over ways to pay for college that, you know, are manageable in the long yeah. run. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It seems like, um, I'm in some, some group on, on Facebook and, you know, you get your acceptance and you get merit money, right? They said this, we're giving you this scholarship, we're giving you whatever. And somebody called it Cole's Cash, which is, what it seemed that it's, you know, the college was $85,000 and now they gave you 
twenty thousand. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't make it. I still can't afford that price correct, of that college. Correct. So it's like right. Kohl's cash. It's like a coupon. <laughs> like, right. Absolutely. Uh, a discount, and then that's exactly what it is. A discount. It's a discount. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But there's more. You know, I'm sure working with with someone who's in the know, there's a little bit more to it than you know just that. Like you said, there's the you can go back and negotiate. There's so much to the process that, um, you know, we you might not know about. So what? is usually if you are looking at colleges what do you think the first step is to look should you go visit them right away because that's a big thing i see people yeah. you know taking these world tours to go visit colleges um do you advise people to do that or to kind of hold back and apply then go visit no so i i with application fees being 50 to 80 dollars number one we don't want to apply to a college that the student steps onto campus and can't stand it that's a waste of, of application money and time. And they may even have to write an essay. You know, even some of these colleges, they're asking for, why do you want to come here? Why did you choose your major? Or another 600 word essay from something convoluted that they want to know about. So visiting is imperative for a couple of, for that very reason that I just mentioned. Also, colleges like to see what's called demonstrated interest. Did you visit? So you didn't visit, but you applied? Well, Mary visited and applied, but Sam only applied. We're going to look at Mary a little bit more seriously because we know Mary's, you know, more solid in her decision of coming here where Sam didn't even visit. And I had a student, her name was Christina, and she said, I'm going to Montclair State. You know, she gives me that. And I was like, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, did you visit? I didn't visit. I don't have to visit. I saw their Facebook page. I went to their website. It's exactly what I want. And I said, well, Christina, that's marketing. Of course, everything's going to look good there. I said, please do me a favor and don't waste your mother's money and go visit. And then tell me what you think. And if you love it, then we're done. And three weeks later, we had another meeting and she was there like this. And I'm like, uh-oh, body language tells me everything. I hated it. I can't believe I hated it. You have to step on campus and breathe that air and see those kids. You know, people want to visit in the summer. Well, you're not going to see students on in the summer. The best mm -hmm. times to visit are end of August, September, October, early November, then end of January, February, March, and April. Those are the best times to visit because wow. you're going to get students on campus. Just be careful of like certain like vacations, like they have spring break. Sometimes the Sunnis come home in the fall. So just be careful of student, you know, breaks like that. But my point is that you want to see the student body so that students can feel like they belong. You know, Yale students are all in khakis and collared shirts and, you know, new pulse. They're all walking around in ripped jeans, even Maris. They're walking around in ripped jeans and their hair is a mess and they're in sweats. So <laughs> who's your people? It's neither one of them is wrong, but who's your people, right? So visiting is imperative. The colleges see it as a positive. And of course it can save the family tens of thousands of dollars or even $80 in an application fee. So visiting yeah. is imperative first. That is great advice. Um, again, we didn't do that in the right order. <laughs> we're still we're still visiting, but it's been in our defense. It, it's a busy. We're you know there. It's hard. It's hard to find that time. That's why we, starting you know, early is good. That's why yes. the tenth grade is good. But if you if you're super busy, then maybe the beginning of tenth grade is good because then you have a bigger timeline to figure it out. Yeah, I would 100% advise that Alicia start now. Start right now because you're very busy. 
But you can just come with me. We could go together. Take your seventh grader and my twelfth grader. Or my fourth grader. Bring everyone. When I heard what every everything Stephanie did in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I'm hiring her. I am done. Wrap this up in a bow. She'll sign today. I. And I'm like, I'm going to sign up now. Like, can I get, can I get a retainer? Or Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, my fee does take you to high school graduation. So if you start in ninth grade, it's the same price as if you Wondering start. Wondering about that, Stephanie. Like maybe we get her at her ninth at the cost. <laughs> you really get more bang for your buck the earlier you start. But you know, I don't believe in some, some planners, your college planners charge so much for junior year, so much yeah. for senior year. I just feel a flat fee makes everybody comfortable and you get the most for your money the earlier you start. And I've I had families pay the full fee in October and love me because, you know, as a senior, because yeah. I picked them up and I did everything they needed to be done within two months and we made early action dates. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but that's stressful. It's stressful for everybody. And so we really want to start as early as possible. Okay. Yeah. And it's sure. about that relationship, the earlier you start, you and Alicia are going to be best friends. She's going to start. <laughs> Looking forward to it. June, we live in seventh to 12th grade. My backyard and pass it all the time. Um, oh, all my goodness. I, I, I don't think, in all joking aside, I don't think it's a bad thing to that seventh grade, but to start early well, because there is, even when you're talking about, let's talk about testing. Because right now, you know, when we were going to school, everyone took the SAT. I didn't take an ACT. I don't know, Alicia, did you take one? I did not either. That's for like sciencey kids. I feel like if you were going into the sciences, I, it wasn't even something that it's like I didn't know anyone. Now it's a SAT, ACT, test optional. You know, my daughter took the PSAT. She took the SAT. She took the ACT. We did ACT test prep. She, it did not matter. We did not, we applied no test grades for everything because it, She's just test taking is not her gig, but what is there a one size fits all, or is there something that it depends on who you are and what you're going for um, in terms of what tests you take, if you take any. Right. So, you know, the test optional thing has really misled families. Um, I, especially for the COVID year, like when they really, nobody took tests, right? Well, for this few kids that did get the right scores, their GPA would get the merit money, but if they had the right scores, they got like five or $10,000 more in merit money. So that showed us, we got to do this, this optional stuff. And we always say, if anything's optional in the college process, you do it. Optional essays, you do it. Now with SATs, of course, well, what if I don't get a good enough score? Well, then you go and test optional. But more and more colleges are moving away from test optional, going back to testing. So you're going to have to do it anyway. So our system shows us who's test optional, who's not, and where the scores are going to be competitive. My students know what scores they need to be competitive. Is it the 1400 or is it only a 1350 for your top score? And then we want we do what was called student positioning. It's very proprietary to what we do and it's a work works along with our software so that we position the student and the family financially, the student academically, and that's where we get the you know most free money from colleges. So we always encourage our students to do either or. It doesn't matter. Now, before the new SAT, we had a diagnostic test that I loved. It was half the SAT, half the ACT. It was a three and a half hour test. 
we got the results back and it would show definitively whether you were SAT or ACT and the student moved forward with confidence. Well, now with the new SAT, we need some data before we can create the diagnostic again. But I always say to the student, listen, it doesn't matter which one you do. What matters is the prep. Do not pay for prep and just go once a week. You have to do 15 minutes a day, three to five days a week. And they're like, that's it? I'm like, that's it. You can't overload yourself with this prep. 15 minutes, practice that one math concept that you don't understand. Make sure your grammar is spot on. And of course, then know some um, um, vocab as well. So it's really important, but doing it in like eight weeks prior to the test, 15 minutes, three to five days a week. And then over the summer, we, my students that work with us, they do a practice test in July prep for the month of July, and this is for the SAT or even the ACT, um, prep, prep for the month of July, take another practice in August, beginning of August, prep for the rest of August. The end of August is the SAT, the beginning of August, of September is the ACT. That summer time frame, they're doing a half an hour, three to five days a week because they have more time, but they actually retain more because they have less academic requirements on their brain. So they actually can retain more. And my job is to lessen the stressfulness, come up with a plan, create a plan of action. And when I say to the students, oh, don't worry about the tests now, they're like, ah, I said, you're going to have to worry about them soon, but not now. Right now, we want to focus on this and that. So when we break it down, it really does alleviate that stress for them. And my students do better because we have that plan of testing and I alleviate the stress of hours and hours. No, 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 no. 15 minutes, half hour, three to five days a week. All right. Again, if I get in my time machine, that would have been, <laughs> I have two more kids. So I'm going to, I'm putting all this in the file for, okay. for the, next, the next two. Jen, you have two more. You but... get two overs. I get it. I need a do-over. She's such a late, she's, I don't know, late September birthday. And I always say, I wish I just didn't send her to school at four, and but I can't get in my, again, in my time it's machine. It'll all work out, Jen. It will. It'll all work. It'll all work. It'll all work out. And it, but it's, when you're in it, it is, it's just so, it's stressful. But I will say it becomes even more stressful when you are, it's mom versus child or mom, not versus, but like, it becomes like, I'm the drill sergeant. Like, did you do this? And right. it's, I'm sure way better. Just a plug for, for Stephanie to have that third person. That's not their mother telling them what to do. Um, and and it's we, saying, like, we text the kids, we text yeah. them. Don't uh, forget, you know, yeah. cause we know that's the level that they're communicating on. And yeah, it's not mom awesome. or dad. It's the professional saying, Oh, the professional's telling me to do this. I should do it. It's yeah. a totally different concept. It's a good practice for them, I would think. Today's episode is brought to you by Quetzal Construction. Do you know that old saying that my contractors never got back to me, they won't call me back, they need to finish that job? Well, trust me, Brittany and Ronaldo are super organized and will get back to you. Make them the contractors of your new remodel of your kitchen, your bathroom, maybe redecorate children's room. They will come to your home. They will give you the husband and wife spin on things, 
Call them today. It's almost spring. You know you're going to want things done in your home. So you can find them on social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. GoCatzel.com. That's Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L. Or call them at 845-764-2060. To work with somebody just like they would in college, like sure. their advisor. And it's, it's, it's a nice time to kind of like pull the plug and let your child take over and have that ownership so they can make a conscious decision about where they want to go mm-hmm. and, and working and And maybe they don't want to tell you, and I'm just making this up, but maybe they don't want to tell the parent, well, mom, I don't want to go to blah, 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 because it doesn't look like it's going to be a party enough school. I don't know. But, you know, something like that, or I don't, I don't like a lot of crowds, mom. I want it to be a smaller school. Maybe they don't want to really tell you that the mom, but they can tell Stephanie that because they, they don't know her. Right. We're asking them, you know, we're explaining to them, what does it mean to be in a big campus? And this is what it might feel like to you. And so you know, mom and dad, they're not giving them that feedback. They're not counseling. We're counseling them. And like I said, taking them through a th- methodical thought process. So we're empowering the student to make these decisions, but not requiring them to make them right away. We want to gather that data so we make informed decisions. Yes, because I'll tell you my, I, I'll be very honest. I have a very prejudiced decision. Make Like, you know, I, I think you, and I try not to say, I think you should go here, but I'm sure she she's a smart cookie. She knows where I'm thinking. And then that could go either way. I've heard from a lot of parents, you know, the past couple months that the school they really want their child to go to automatically, that kid is like, nope, not going there. Like, that's just a, a natural, you know, I'm going to push back against what my mom wants sometimes. Yeah. And for no good reason than just that's teenage, but they wouldn't, it's a lot easier when you have a third, a third party involved. And it's, you know, everyone's going to come to it with their own biases and their own, like, you know, thoughts. Oh, I had a cousin who went there. You're not going to like it. Like kind of thing, instead of just going at it with an open mind. So that's what I said. Yeah. You said it doesn't matter what other people think. Mm -hmm. You know, I stepped onto Yale's campus. I loved it, but somebody else might not. That's why my Mm -hmm. advisors are not really allowed to give their opinion of a college. We have to give you the Mm -hmm. facts and the data. The opinion is up to you because you're going to visit. And like I said, I may love it. You may hate it. We can tell you all the good things about it. They have good research. They have good internship. They have good co-ops. Yes, yes, yes. That's data and facts, not opinions. Somebody had told me, um, another mom said, when you go on a college tour and you get back in the car, don't say a word. Like, don't say, I thought, like you could say, like, what did you think? And just let your kid talk or let them, but don't. They'll say, I, I like elbowed my husband very hard the first time he was like, went, went into a whole thing. And I was like, Shh, stop. <laughs> we don't care what you think. Yeah. You just hand over the money. <laughs> we need to know if she's going to like it. <laughs> so before we get to the, you know, senior year, the junior year, talking about high school a little, do you have recommendations on should kids be taking AP classes? Should they be taking the D in our area, the DCC classes, the um, college level, like, what do you call it? Like English 101 and math 101. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on, you know, what, what the best path for kids in high school is? I'm sure it depends on the child also, but right. 
Well, I know that's a big question parents ask. And this is what colleges will say. They would rather see a slightly lower score or grade in the higher level courses than the 95 plus in regular courses. And California mm -hmm. and New York are the only ones that have regions classes or regions you know, level. So let's just say regular honors, AP, college. So yes, students need to challenge themselves for two reasons. One, it's good for them. I'm always looking out for the kid. I, I, I want to impress a college, yes. But first and foremost, my concern is for the student. And I want them to try those AP or college level courses, even if it's just one class, like the English 101 and 102, so that they have a flavor of what it means to go to college. Because if you're just in regular courses and you go to college, the academic culture shock is real. And that's where a lot of kids struggle and fail out. Mm -hmm. So a college would rather see a slightly lower GPA in the higher level courses than or higher GPA in regular courses. Now, when it comes to opinions about APs and DCC or any college level course, so it depends on the college of what they're gonna take, but those AP tests are not fair because the teachers can't teach to the whole test. So the getting a four or a five is almost nearly impossible for a good portion of students. And these poor teachers are fighting against timelines and there's just not enough time to teach all that's needed. I always say to the kids, go to college board, look at the AP that you're taking, see if you can do a practice test or any practice because you're it's just impossible. So then you take this AP, your parents pay for it, you drive yourself crazy, you do good in the class, but then you don't get like, you only get a two or a three on the test. No, you don't no get credit, credit, right? No credit. Some colleges will take three, most want fours and fives. So no credit. You just wasted time and money. If you take a college level course, whether it be a Mount St. Mary or a community college course, or like, like high schools have relationships with other colleges as well, at least that's a real college course. And you don't have to take a stupid four-hour test after mm -hmm. you just did the entire year and did good. You have your final, you have normal class stuff that all matches up with that GPA. So now you pass, now you have credits. Whether the colleges take it is a whole other ball of wax, but you know you've got your college credits. So That's I always cool. say, do the community college or college credits over APs because the APs are in my book, in my opinion, BS. I don't yeah. like them at all. I don't, I don't like them at all because they're so unfair to our students. And they're really just so, I'd rather than do the college level course. You pass the course, you got your credits. Yeah, I, I've i heard that from so many parents that have been burned by the, the AP classes. Um, it's it's not yeah. fair to the kids. It's no. not, it's so stressful. And I don't want this podcast to end without me saying we must help our students reduce their stress and manage their world. And there are so many things that aren't as important that they put importance on, like the SATs and driving themselves crazy, filling up their schedules with everything. You know, when it comes to extracurriculars, I say, do what you're passionate about. Do two things you're passionate about. And if you don't like it, find something else to replace it. You don't have to stay in something for four years if you don't mm -hmm. like it, but you have to find something to replace it. Find your passion. Go help, you know, a rescue or work with elderly in, in the nursing home or, you know, go to the library and help kids learn how to read, whatever your passion is in volunteering and or extracurriculars. And I had one student who's like, 
you could just see he just wasn't into anything. And I said, so what do you like to do? He says, I like to fish. I said, well, then make a fishing club. Learn how to tie fishes. Where are you going to go fishing? You're going to fish the Hudson. You're going to fish the streams. You're going to fish local lakes. Make a fishing club. And he did. And it was the only That's thing on his resume. That's but, awesome. But he loved it. He really yeah. did. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Just find your passion. Colleges yeah. aren't looking for, you know, I mean, yes, the Ivies are, sure. Mm -hmm. But most colleges, they just want to see who you are. And they accept yes. kids on all levels. And, you know, GPA, hands down, is the number one reason why you're going to get into college. Yeah. So. And I, I will say from, again, I mean, all these face, there's a thousand Facebook groups that are good and bad. And I need to like, I can't wait to just get out of them. But there's one that's called like my awesome average kid or something. And it's for that because I'm in this other one where it's like my child has a 4.9 GPA and they are, they, they're, they're the king of the world. They're, you know, and you read those and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> my kid's not getting in anywhere. And then you, there is a college, there's a fit for everyone. Absolutely. Like no you don't have to be the president of the National Honor Society and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like what you said, just do, you know, do what, and I'll attest, my daughter got into every college she applied to, except one that, well, that's a whole nother story, but we didn't get rejected or accepted. They wanted more information and we decided to kind of bow out. But, um, and she's an average, she's an average kid, average kid, plays her one sport. She did, she's, She's a what? She's an. I don't think she's an average person. I think she's amazing. But oh, right, of on, course. On paper, she's you know she's like works hard. Does she's me? We are exactly like I feel like my transcript will look just like hers. Um, and I on the the other side of that, she didn't. She wasn't super stressed out in high school. You know, she didn't kill herself. And maybe I'd like to see her not kill herself. And she didn't kill well, herself doing homework. Like, you know, she wasn't balance. like up till midnight. She had balance. And I, so I'm happy for that for her, you know, because yes. it could go either way. But again, it depends what your goals are, you know, what right. you're, where you're looking to go. Those kids are stressed out today. They, you know, they feel the competition around them, you know, mm -hmm. and they're pressured by their parents as well. Um, in my presentations, and, and Jen, if you've been to them, you may have heard me say this, please don't let your ego or guilt run your college process because those two emotions are going to cost you a lot of money and can really stress out your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, your ego, oh, we're going to apply to this school. Oh, you're not yeah. going to come in, you know, or you're going to pay full price. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, I don't care. I'll figure it out later. Oh, so how are you going to figure out how to pay $300,000 back later? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, again, the social media piece of it. You know, I see yep. people going on on tours and I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't like, I feel that's not, it's, it's a lot. I think when we were kids, that wasn't a thing, obviously no one knew where you were going on a tour, where you were applying, unless you yeah. told them. Right. Um, and like anything else, you can't compare yourself to others because it will, it will rob you of, of your joy. Um, so I think that's so important. The mental health piece that Alicia and I talk about that a lot, you know, about, helping kids just not be the anxiety and the stress is overwhelming anyway. It is. And being a teenager is hard enough. Yeah. Trying to plan your whole future and please your parents and figure out how to pay for it. All of that is just, we put that on them. It's just too much. It is. It is. That was really, yeah. And that was really helpful to hear about the classes because in my executive function groups, I happen to have a lot of seniors, which really shocks me. And I'm always like, Jen, 
give me advice on this or what what do you think about this because I have a senior that is so stressed out and trying to do it all right now and you're right I, I cannot believe how stressed out my seniors are compared to like my freshmen or my sophomores like they are just super stressed don't have time for anything sometimes they don't go they're over um they're overbooked they're over scheduled totally and it, it's not to like attend someone's sweet 16 party or you know Mm-hmm. Don't have time to get their license. I mean, it's just they don't have time and- to go on college visits. And I say to parents, you know, there are priorities here. There are priorities. And like the students who are in theater, I cannot oh, believe no. <laughs> how many hours theater takes of a student. And what's more disappointing to me in my 14 years of doing this between the theater people and the coaches is how what little respect they have for the stress they are putting on our students. I have a letter written to coaches in my phone, like in my notes, and I just spewed what I felt and what they do to these poor kids. Mm-hmm. Winning, you, you got to let your kid take a break from a practice if they need to go do a college visit. I'm not saying miss a game. I'm saying miss right. a practice. Oh, if I miss a practice, I'm going to get benched. Are you kidding me? It's not like you're missing a practice because you're being irresponsible. You are setting up your future. And these yeah. coaches are cruel. And then theater is just crazy. They're just crazy. I think you're talking about both of my kids right now. (laughs) And I just had this conversation with my daughter who was in seventh grade. I'm like, she wants to do swimming. And she was, and you just said it, theater's a lot. I'm like, you're gonna have to pick one, sweetie, because you cannot do it all. And you want to take earth science and algebra next year. I'm all for it. But um, parents have to help their kids manage this and say no and learning to say no to things is so empowering. And even parents have a hard time saying no. Yes. You know? <laughs> so yeah, you know, you my, son, my son said to me, mom, I'm glad you taught me disappointment early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we can talk to you for hours because you are like a wealth of information. <sighs> I'm going to ask one last question to leave us on, on a, a hopeful note. What would be your biggest piece of advice to help people just enjoy the process because I'm not enjoying it right now <laughs> it might be too late hiring for me, me I want to hug you hug myself hiring me is how you manage this process because we give you a plan of action you meetings with us are unlimited it's a flat fee so we're not going to nickel and dime you like I said the essay service and the and the uh, SAT prep is additional but otherwise Everything is all right there for you. And that is truly, you know, and if you're not going to hire someone, start as early as possible and, and, you know, careful what you find on the web. It is not all accurate. The net price calculators are not accurate. Okay. Oh, can you, can you talk about that for a minute? What is the, I, the NPC? It's like the magic word in the college process. Give us your cliff notes, what that actually means. Alicia, I don't know what it is, and I really should. Okay, so the net price calculator, by law, every college has to have it on their website. I don't even know where it is, probably in the financial aid tab. And everyone who's ever done it and then had their um, financials done by us, they're like, oh, my God, that made me look like I was going to get money, and Mm -hmm. you're telling me I'm not. And I'm like, and we're, we're, we're real. Because there's yeah. two things the net price calculator does. It, it will tell you if you qualify for need-based aid. And most of the time it makes it look good. So get that, they get that application fee. Yeah. And that's what they're they not do. getting need-based aid. I know that. Like 50 bucks just to yeah. go. Uh, no. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
Yep. They make millions of dollars on application fees. So I purposely called a college and I was like, hey, I have an 85 average student, blah, 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 not too much here. Oh, we look at everything, have them apply anyway. And I'm like, he's not getting in. And I know it, you just want the application fee. Click. Mm -hmm. that, I, that I did like 10, maybe eight years ago now, okay? Eight years ago, I did that. I'm like, they really just want application fees. And I don't want my kids to apply unless I know they're going to get in. So the net yeah. price calculator, back to that, is the financial so that you get an idea of what you're going to be expected to pay. You're going to get an idea of what the college is going to give. Yale's net price calculator has everyone getting aid. And I was talking to the principal at Millbrook High School, and he's like, they said I was going to get aid. I'm like, did you put in your real salary? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it? And he told me, I'm like, you're not getting anything. No, nope. you want their application fees. So mm -hmm. that's my opinion and my experience, not even my opinion, my firsthand experience that they're not accurate. And I really think it's about an application fee grab. That's all I think it's part of. That's what I, I had that gut feeling because I'm always like, well, I already know I'm not getting any basic, which is not, I, you know, I'm a teacher. I make, you know, make too much money. That's not going to, and I'm like, I'm not going to fill this out for every college, but people, they're like, you have to fill out the NPC. So to me, it just seems like a, like you said, like a, a money grab to get your application. Absolutely. Paid. Especially when Yale did that. And then I called Yale and they're like, well, by law, we have to have it, but it doesn't mean it has to be accurate. There you go. So, oh, well, I think the bottom line here is you need just having somebody to guide you through, whether you go to one, if you're local and you can go to one of Stephanie's, um, those, the things she does in the school districts are all free, yes. right? You can go That's and, you know, service. I've been to a yeah. few of them to fight it. We're going to, we'll link it all up to, um, the podcast episode where you could see her next locally, but, um, tell us where to find you on your website and on, um, social media. So I am on Facebook and um, Instagram, just type in college planning 101. I'm the only one. And then my website is www.collegeplanning101.org, not.com, but.org. And of course, you can reach me at 914 406 0055, texting or, e or calling. And then my email is stephanie at collegeplanning101.org. Oh, I can't wait. Knowledge is power here. Paul, yes. <laughs> wow. I just, there's just, we talked for maybe 35 minutes and I learned so much and there's so much to learn about the process. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. And I would love to have you back and talk about the financial piece of it and what we should be doing there. Cause we didn't even, we touched on it, but not, I, I don't think nearly enough. So that piece always scares me as well. So I would love to have you back if you are willing to give your time. Absolutely. But check out Stephanie if you can. If you ever do Zooms and we can reach our people out, just let us know. But this podcast, hey. Yep. yep. I'll put you guys on my on my um, list and then you'll know when I'm doing webinars and seminars. Awesome. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. So we'll link so everything in the show notes and stay tuned. You know, keep on the Mommy Dash and we'll be sharing more about what Stephanie does. Thank you so much for helping us and joining us and giving us a little college therapy tonight. Thank you. Have a wonderful night, ladies. Be well. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.